What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Raise the Geek podcast, where geek is all we speak. This week, we take a blast from the past as we talk about the original Ninja Turtles movie trilogy in part one of our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle conversation. And we make a retraction of comments we made about Shang-Chi and its box office performance. And by we, I mean Chris. And Don. Let's go. What's up, Don, man? Another beautiful Saturday. We're here for our... 25th episode of the Raise the Geek podcast. Can't believe it's already been 25 with a whole ton of other bonus conversations and specials that we've done. It's been a good year, man. How you doing on this hopefully wonderful Saturday for you? Chris, what is up today, my friend? Yeah, it's been a pretty good day so far. Nice start to the weekend. I'm glad you said there we're on our 25th episode because I can't keep track of the numbers. Whenever, whenever we have to look, I'm like, wait, what episode is this? I have to like look back at the older ones and see, uh, okay, we're on 24, 25. So yeah, man, chugging along here about a half a year going strong, having, still having as much fun, if not more fun than when we started. So it's a good time, brother. Good time. Absolutely. I <laughs> Where'd, where'd you go? <laughs> I dropped my uh, my little stress ball thing here, so I had to jump down and get it. It's the you problem with this. the standing desk because I'm I can be mobile. I'm all over the place. You're sitting and chilling uh, on the couch. I'm standing here, all amped up, got all my energy going, ready to do some podcasting and talking about some Ninja Turtles today, man. Yeah, dude, Ninja Turtles. Who doesn't love Ninja Turtles, especially in our age bracket? It's a uh... It's something that we all grew up on and still a staple and icon to this day, man. Stood the test of time, that franchise, somehow. Still, It's still chugging along. Before we really get into that, though, something else that happened this week that I think we both loved was we had a PlayStation showcase. And we're not going to get into all of the showcase stuff, maybe save that for another time. But there were two announcements that happened towards the end of that show that I need to at least bring up because we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. And it was that Insomniac Games showed us a trailer for Spider-Man 2, the video game, and a Wolverine game that they pulled out of their ass that nobody knew was being made. How did, uh, did you catch that trailer before it was spoiled for you? Um, man, and I'm amazed. I was amazed by both things to start off with. Like, uh, but I, I think I saw something about the Spider-Man trailer on Twitter before I was able to see it. I wasn't even mad that I saw something about it. I was just happy that a uh, Spider-Man trailer for Spider-Man 2 video game exists. Yeah. I mean, we all, all of us who've played through that game and uh, the Miles Morales uh, extra game, kind of a sequel, but not technically a sequel, but it's another Spider-Man game. But anybody who's played through those games always knew another one was coming eventually. Yes. Just kind of been waiting for, you know, some hints about it, maybe some idea that it was in production uh so seeing a a trailer for it really is something you know really special and then the whole wolverine thing just kind of came out of nowhere man no one saw that one coming especially it's it's not i mean marvel games popping up every now and then is natural and expected but it's made by insomniac the same company who's who's 
you know, famously done these Spider-Man games so well. So that's like, man, that's ridiculous. I don't think either one of them had a release date. Maybe Spider-Man might have said 2023. Wolverine yeah. didn't have Wolverine, Wolverine didn't have nothing. a date. Yeah, so mostly they're it in could early. Be, it's real early right. with Wolverine, but it's still they got a badass looking trailer and let us know what's coming. So I mean, whew. yeah, either of them could be. You know, Wolverine maybe after Spider Man Two. Who knows? We'll see. But man, I've, 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 like I said, I put it on Twitter that they're both day one purchases for me. Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, Wolverine, my brain just like races to what that game could be. It could be like you know, God of War style brutal action with like you're playing as Wolverine finally in a in a big open world game. I don't know. I don't want to speculate, but man, I'm super excited. How how do you feel about? Oh yeah, those. Did you play? Mm-hmm. Have you do you play Wolverine the video game? Like it was it was like Wolverine Origins. It was the it was a 360 and PS3 game that came out for the uh, I think the first Wolverine movie. It was like you know in correlation with I want to say it's the first Wolverine movie. No, it sounds familiar. I probably I don't think I played that though. That game was amazing. Okay. And it was rated mature, so it was violent as hell. And it was basically what you always wanted to see from Wolverine. You wanted to see him use those claws. I remember there was one like cutscene in the beginning of the game, like you're sitting there and you're you they show Wolverine and he's trying to slowly creep through this like building and there's all these guards and then this one guard comes walking down this hallway and then he hears something and he stops and he puts his ear up to the wall and all of a sudden you see Wolverine's blades go through his head. And I was like, what the hell? And it was completely (laughs) jarring because I was like, what is this? But it's like the super violent, just amazing Wolverine game that was fun as hell. And I'm just sitting there like, man, if we're going to get an Insomniac version that's anywhere close to that, that's going to be insane. Yeah, it's going to be nuts, man. Uh, But yeah, Spider-Man 2 pumping out Venom. Man, that's it. Yeah, they threw Venom in there and let you know. Sounds like Craven. Yeah, and the voice there is you know a lot of speculation that it's craven it wasn't venom narrating or talking so you know you get enough there's going to be another villain in this mm-hmm. um but it's cool they show you that you know you're going to be able to play as miles and peter yeah and probably as venom too um is venom going to be a villain you fight or is he going to be a playable character because you know towards the end of that trailer that voice is like will someone offer me a challenge and then venom is like yes we will and it's like yeah. whoa so you know, he could be playable. He might be a villain at first, then playable at the end. Either way, that game should be huge. Uh, should be a lot of fun. We've all been looking for a Spider-Man 2 after Miles, now knowing they're both in this world and both Spider-Man swinging around. Now the question is, is it going to be co-op or is Man, it going to be single so. player? Man, I hope so. Playing because through... if it's co-op, it's going to blow our minds. Yes. Because can you imagine doing co-op in that New York City where you could just be on opposite sides of the city doing opposite things? There could be some co-op missions, but then have just, hey, I'm going to go over here. You're going to go over there. And we just are able to play in the same world without even needing to cross each other. But then there are certain missions that could be co-op that we could go do. How cool would that be if we could just both be in the same New York just hitting missions? Yeah, it'd be insane. And see, that's how our brains are making yeah. it right now. If my brain was the maker of this game, that's how it would be. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if they'll go that far, but that would be nuts. Yes. Uh, yes. It's hard to fathom. It's hard to fathom how fun we would find that. Uh, but yeah, man, these this these games blew my mind, dude. 
yeah, these trailers. The only, the only thing that that sucked about it was that they threw up that 2023, and I was like, oh, right. as even I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking, what year is it? 2021. Yeah, <laughs> man, that's like okay, two years. Okay, well, it's a little early. I didn't need yeah. it right now, but I'm I'm not mad that I got it. I'm not mad at them. Yeah, they planted the seeds. Got to just now play the waiting game, which happens with games. So sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> hopefully they got more than enough time to get those delays under control and we don't have to worry about any of that. And hopefully people will be able to get some systems by that point in time. I am starting to wonder if a lot of these PS five and Xbox series X games, because no one can get these systems, if they're going to start getting delayed just because people don't have the systems and it's not worth releasing these games on a PS five exclusive. If you don't have a PS four version ready, then just delay the game. I wonder if that's starting to come into, um, well, it hasn't it. it hasn't yet but we'll see because there is a lot more games coming than our like there's not a ton of ps5 and xbox series games exclusive yet but once we start getting there and they'll start you know becoming more ready to go we'll see if that happens but i don't know i, well, I wonder it. if that's why we don't have a lot of exclusive games yet it's possible but that's all speculation and a conversation for another day because we got tons to talk about this week, including all uh-huh. three 90s Ninja Turtle movies. Don and I watched all three of them this week. If you haven't watched them in a long time, you should go watch them again. <laughs> you might be uh, surprised. If yeah. not, don't worry because you're going to remember those movies are going to come screaming back to you here in about 10 minutes when we start talking about it. Oh, they do. They come screaming back hard. <laughs> <laughs> for, for better and worse. All right, but before we get to all that, make sure you like, subscribe, and follow this podcast on all social media and podcast services. Hit us up with those five stars reviews. We're always looking for those. Make sure you leave your name and where you're writing in from so we can give you a shout out on the show. We appreciate all that you do. If you want to join the conversation, hit us up on Twitter at RaiseTheGeek or shoot us an email at RaiseTheGeek at gmail.com. We love all of your support, and uh, just keep it coming. We're we're digging it. We're having a good time. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. All right, Chris. Before we get started here, get into the meat of this episode. Um, I just kind of wanted to bring up something from, I believe it was two episodes ago. We were talking about the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, which we both loved, mm-hmm. and that led us into a little side conversations about you know uh, where the future of of how big that movie's going to be and box office numbers and this and that. And it kind of led us down the road of what was the most recent movie, which was just about to come out, which is Shang-Chi, which uh, if you're listening to this, I'm sure, you know, you're probably a fan of the MCU, you know, Shang-Chi has been in theaters for over a week now. And um, during the, during that episode, I found it important to <laughs> bring up uh, the idea that, the Eternals and Spider-Man No Way Home might not come out on time. We were having a conversation about this, that it might not come on out on time due to Shang-Chi's, my prediction of very poor box office numbers. Uh, and I actually think we probably have a clip of that episode, which we're just going to play it for everybody right now, just to hear exactly what I said and what we said about Shang-Chi at the box office. I honestly, it's sad to say, because Shang-Chi, we've talked about, it looks entertaining to me. It looks like I'll probably have a lot of fun watching that movie, but I don't think it's going to do great. 
at theaters, like box office wise, just because of the time people's interest level, like the general public's interest level, Marvel fanboys want to see it and people fans of Marvel studios, but is that large enough of a number to, you know, make that movie a successful box office release? I don't think so. I really think it's going to probably do well, but not as well as their, what is their level of what's a success and a failure in their eyes? Like what's the, what's the number they're looking for? Cause I, I see it probably pulling the same thing, doing the same thing Black Widow did, if not less. That's right, guys. That's what I had to say about, about Shang-Chi. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, so I, I humbly retract my statement because, man, the people proved me wrong. They went out to see Shang-Chi in droves, breaking <laughs> all kinds of Labor Day box office records. I think it did break the Labor Day box office record, making close to $100 million in that four days. Mm-hmm. And it it just speaks to, I guess, you know, people's interest level that i wasn't sure was there but you know i've proven wrong so i'm man enough to admit that i made a mistake uh we're just here projecting and guessing at things and i even went and saw it myself just because there was so much hype there and i i've talked openly about that i may not i'm we we were thinking about waiting until it got to d plus you know but i just couldn't i couldn't wait i wanted to go see what the whole thing was about and i know you haven't seen it yet so we're not talking about it yet we're gonna get there eventually but I'm glad I went and saw it in theaters and I'm glad everybody else did too, because it means, you know, our movies should keep coming out on time for the moment, unless things change. But man, Shang, Shang-Chi, Simu Liu, thanks for saving the box office and uh, movies in general, at least at the moment. Um, yeah, I humbly retract. <laughs> hey, well, in your defense, it did make less than Black Widow. So, you know. <laughs> well... <laughs> you were you were right about that one did it though like yeah it, it, the... black widow made over 80 million for its opening weekend in july and this one made 70 over the opening weekend now of course you add labor day holiday and that it you hit the 90 that way so they had that extra holiday weekend day that uh black widow didn't have so but i mean if you go it, they made 71.4 from friday to sunday and black widow made 80 so it did make less that period of time, but it's still an impressive number for an unknown property. Right. I mean, Black Widow is a character. They ex- they wanted to make more money. That was yes. expected. That was like a failure to them because she's an established character. Um, that's part of the reason. But yes, I, th- I mean, I don't I'm I'm sure I'm not the only person and you're not the only person who thought Shang-Chi might have you know done worse. But it, it did. <laughs> it did really well, well enough to the point where, you know it can be considered a success. Yeah. I did not know how it was going to do. I was right there with you. It, it just didn't, you know, being an unknown property, didn't know how it was going to perform. And then, yeah, you just didn't know if people were going to come out for it at the movie theaters to that degree to make it worth it. It was just hard to tell, but like I said, now we know that people, if there's a good enough property or MCU still bring people out. So that means, like I said, we're getting all our movies. They did announce this week that the Eternals will be theater only. Mm-hmm. as well on time as of right now so unless something changes to change their mind but you know just a week ago they were talking about the eternals maybe getting a disney plus split premiere and day and date with with uh how'd you say d d, d plus mm-hmm. uh, so they kind of that's my nickname for it yeah d plus so i mean they really do shang chi really did give them a big confidence boost of saying hey you know what our movies people are still going to come out for our movies so we're going back to just theater only. So that's where we are now moving forward for, for the MCU. And those movies seem to be 
on track. Um, it also oh. gave what's up. I was just going to say, I think what helped it the most was word of mouth was really good for Shang-Chi. And after watching it and whatever, it's kind of refreshing that um, just for some kind of new blood, I guess, a little bit into mm-hmm. this MCU, we've had so many retreads and sequels and like shows about characters we already know. Part of me while I was sitting there in the theater watching it was like the excitement of seeing something that's brand new to me yeah yeah so that so that can work both ways like it's tricky because it's an unknown property but everything starts as an unknown property True. like no nobody really knew i mean how how much did the public know about iron man before that movie came out i still remember back when that movie was coming out people thinking it was gonna fail because everyone's like nobody cares about iron man we like right. batman we like batman we like yeah. spider-man we like the x-men what's this iron man right. uh now and now he's a household name so i mean that excitement along with word of mouth, I think is what really propelled this movie to the level it did. So yeah, I just wanted to talk about that. Yeah, no, it was, it it was good to see. I was glad to see it make some money and hopefully it continues. I wanted them to succeed. And uh, like I said, I'm sure I'll be sitting in the theater watching it sooner rather than later. It also gave some confidence to other movie studios as a lot of people were moving their movies and keep, you know, starting to delay their movies again. And then they saw Shang-Chi and I know Sony bumped Venom 2 up a week to get mm-hmm. it now a little bit closer. Like, Oh, you know, so a lot of, they really kind of made a lot of studios kind of step up and look a little bit going, okay, this is what this did. And they're really analyzing their, their box office predictions and risks. Uh, accordingly based upon shang chi's performance so like i said some some movies we might not have gotten we're gonna get i think because of this well my message to sony studios is just because people want to see shang chi don't mean they want to see venom 2 nobody uh, wants to see venom 2 who i know i haven't talked to anybody who wants to see venom 2 really i was watching um, football on thursday and i have my fantasy football chat going they got like 10 guys in there and they showed a trailer for venom 2 and that's what someone said why'd they make a second venom movie like he had no idea that venom 2 was a thing and then his his, his question was why did they make this um so like I said yeah i, I don't know the, move, the movie specifically we might not like but it's good that i'm glad they're like getting a release date because originally it was pushed to you know saying next year uh 2023 yeah they were going to push it to 22 um and now it's back to october so everything that came out of shang chi is just good for the movie business and the movie industry so uh hopefully we just see more benefits from that <laughs> yeah unless it's only marvel People only yeah, come yeah, out yeah. for those movies and no one's going to come out for anything else because that kind of seems to be the trend. Well, I guess we'll have to see what the, the, the next big movie... I don't know. This is a conversation for another time, but I don't even know what the next big movie that would be suffering from Dune or or something, but that's a, a day and date movie. So yeah, there's still going to be problems coming up and issues oh, yeah. for... It doesn't solve everything, but it's a nice first step. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And hopefully we can continue stepping in that direction. Speaking of big movies, we got a trailer this week for The Matrix Resurrection, a full on. We got a teaser trailer and then we got a full on trailer. And uh, this was surprising to me, man. This I wasn't really expecting a full trailer. I forgot this movie was set to come out this year. I like the idea of getting this trailer just a couple months before the movie set to debut in theaters Mm -hmm. and on HBO Max. And uh, it kind of looked good to revisit The Matrix, man. This trailer looked pretty badass. Cannot tell you a damn thing that's happening in this thing. Neo is looking all John Wick and 
talking about seem like he doesn't know who he is and what's going on um so what'd you think about this trailer man yeah it looks fun it looks cool um on keanu reeves's look like you said he looks more john wick than neo yeah um he's got the long hair and the beard and i'm sure they're doing that as a way to like as a plot line that time has passed and he's in a different life and he's a different person this is his different look but in my brain i just like to imagine that they're like all right man we know you've been going with this long hair goatee thing for a lot of stuff uh we're gonna need you to like you know get that short cut that neo cut and shave the beard and i just imagine him being like no i'm not gonna do it this is what i look like now Uh, and i'm just like okay we'll work with it because yeah he totally has that john wick look and it's funny wasn't john wick and this movie's supposed to come out on the same exact day for a while. Yeah. They yeah. John Wick out, 4 and the, Matrix 4 were supposed to be the same day. So that was the big thing. I was like, if he looks exactly the same in both movies, that's even more confusing to people. Like, which one am I watching? God. He's shooting, he's shooting people and he's got long hair and a beard. What movie is this? Uh, that would have been such a cool day. I know. I know. But COVID then ruined everything. Yeah. Um, yeah but this looks cool to me. I, I have to admit, I've seen the first Matrix, you know, a handful of times, but I honestly think I've only seen the second two, like once each, because mm-hmm. they they kind of, that, that franchise just seemed like it got a little, um, just like too packed together for me, just too much going on where I just couldn't follow it. I liked the first one a lot. I thought it was a groundbreaking uh, action movie, you know, like high fantasy sci-fi action kind of a thing, mm-hmm. but uh Honestly, I'd probably have to rewatch the second two to even know what the hell's going on in the story. Um, the The song was cool in this trailer. I like the song. Yeah, I can't I can't think of that artist right now, but that's an iconic song. Like um, a lot of Alice in Wonderland references, and mm-hmm. and uh, that's fits in with the crazy Matrix universe. One notable thing I'll say is the absence of Lawrence Fishburne, which a lot of people have been talking about. Mm-hmm. But but then you also have. Uh, Yaya Abdul Mateen, I think is his yeah, yeah, name. Yeah. Um, and it looks like he's filling the Morpheus role. And somebody may have said he is playing a younger Morpheus. I don't know if that's been confirmed or not, but that's kind of out there and fans are discussing it. And that's it's, been the big talking point of the trailer, I think. I think he's been teasing it. Yeah. So whether or not that's accurate or not, if mm-hmm. he's just screwing with people. The other thing I read, which I guess this could be considered a spoiler. So I guess take it with what it is, but I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But supposedly they killed Mo- Morpheus in the 2005 Enter the Matrix video game, which was supposed to be canon. So okay. if they stick with that, then maybe that character is dead and he could be reborn. But I have no idea. One, what happened in Enter the Matrix video game on <laughs> PS2 no. back in 2005. No. And I have no idea if they're going to look at that in 2021 and go, yeah, that happened and stick with that and expect yeah. anyone to know that. But so spoiler for the video game, maybe the movie, but chances are if that happens, they're going to have to tell you about it pretty quick in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't imagine many Matrix movie fans are keeping up to yeah. heavily on what's going on in the Matrix video game universe. Back in to 2005. Right, they killed Morpheus in a video game, and it matters in the movies. Yeah, what kind of bullshit is this? Yeah, so I have no idea exactly, but I did read that, and that was just a comment somebody made. So once again, yeah, no idea if any of that's accurate. If you do know, hit us up on Twitter at Raise the Geek. Yeah, yeah, let, let us, us know. 
what do you think what do you think of the trailer man oh it looked awesome it, i was hyped yeah. up for it it looked really cool i i always enjoyed those movies i agree with you yeah the first one i've seen a bunch of times second and third one i know i've seen a few times usually it's mm-hmm. like i'll watch the first one and be like oh man it's so good like i watched the second one watch the second one and then i'm like i'm not watching the third one <laughs> and i never yeah. make it to the third one in the trilogy because i'm just like oh but as you said i think those movies i think the sequels went way too sci-fi where mm-hmm. the first one was extremely grounded in reality for as reality as it could be, you know, but it took place right. in the real world. And it just kind of was like there by the time you get the second one, then you're like dealing with machines flying around and it became really yeah. high concept sci-fi, which just doesn't play that well with the general audience. Um, we can get ready for my retraction here in a couple of weeks, but that's why I, th- I think Dune is going to have a problem because it's such, such high concept sci-fi that I can't imagine the general audience caring about it and it making the money they need to get their sequel. And I'll be fine to retract it. And I'll be happy to retract that come, you know, here in October. But yeah. I think it's the same thing that happened with the matrix movies is it's like that second one was so sci-fi that the general audience was like, eh, this is, eh, I don't like it. And nobody came out for the third one. So, right. You know, this for this new, new one resurrection really seems like it's starting to, it basically is trying to go back and do like a semi reboot slash sequel right. slash, I don't even know what it is. If it's a reboot or remake, a sequel <laughs> looks to be a it's, little bit of everything. It seems like a sequel that they're just making Neo forget he's Neo. So then he he's going to get to relive all the redo, all the learning stuff all over again, which is what people, some of the stuff people liked about it. Like you said, when two and three got all super into itself and crazy techno technological robot universe is like it just became too much mm-hmm. so if they kind of go back to their roots of the first movie a little bit i feel like um fans will probably enjoy that and appreciate that and go see this movie and it doesn't hurt that it's day and date hbo max yeah. for people to watch it so yeah it'll definitely have its conversation mm-hmm. now my question is do they take that and they basically do like star wars force awakens where they basically follow the plot of the fourth one and just disguise it that little bit <laughs> and hit everybody mm-hmm. with the nostalgia beat. So everyone's like, Oh, that's so good, but they don't actually do anything in this movie. <laughs> but that's a question. That's a good question. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm pumped for it. And uh, they'll only have a couple months to wait. So that's awesome that we got this trailer and I love when it's close, you know, kind of like back in the day when we got the Cloverfield trailer and they're like, this movie's out in six weeks and you're like, what? Yeah. The only question is, will I still be writing my Spider-Man No Way Home High by the time that Matrix movie comes and I won't care yet? Like, I'm going to see Spider-Man for the third time. Mm, mm. (laughs) I think they're I think they're only a couple weeks apart. But uh, yeah, in that case, the Matrix is is extremely lucky that it's going to be on HBO as well. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And is that the last HBO release? I thought that that deal was only through the year. So that might be the last one. If it's not. And it goes into 2022, a few months. I'm not sure. I was under the impression it was only through 2021. So, yeah, it might be the last big day and date thing they got going. So It was definitely a boon for, I think, HBO. I think they got a lot of subscribers for it. So Right. I might watch Malignant this weekend, maybe. I was planning on it. I was planning on it. Give it a watch. See what I think. Got to watch those James Wan horror movies. Sure. But I think it's time for us to talk about a different kind of horror movie, which is the 1990s Ninja (laughs) Turtles movies. But before we do, we want to let you know that this podcast is sponsored by Anchor.fm. 
All right, it is now time for us to talk about the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie trilogy. One, two, and three. We watched them all. If you haven't seen them or you don't know what the Ninja Turtles are, Don, because he's always great at doing this research and getting all the proper names and knowing years and everything that's going on. Don, I know you did a little bit of digging into the Ninja Turtles. Why don't you give us a little history on those characters for anyone who might not know? Yeah, man. For those who don't know, how do you not know, first of all? But if you don't, we're here for you. We got you covered. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were created by Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman. Um, And they first appeared in self-published comic books by these two guys. Uh, Eventually went to Mirage Studios. And the year was all the way back to 1984 that they first appeared. Uh, I read that originally they came up with this idea, uh, just them talking with each other about some funny stuff and and they decided they wanted to do it as like a parody to like certain things, including Daredevil. It was like a parody of Daredevil Marvel comics and another Frank Miller comic. They wanted to parody, just like put their own little kind of funny spin on it, but still be dark and gritty. So they, so they, you know, pooled together what little money they had and took out a loan from one of their fathers to like just do a self-published one issue comic of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And, you know, the right people saw it along the way and thought it was a cool idea. And they started getting approached by uh, toy makers and cartoon animation studios who were who like, this is a fun idea. We think this could be successful. And the toys and the cartoons kind of came along around the same time in the late 80s. And once that started, man, the popularity just exploded. For those who don't know, it's four Ninja Turtles, Leonardo, Donatello, Michelangelo, and Raphael named after uh renaissance italian painters that's how i knew those names as a kid like <laughs> yeah. when, when somebody brought up leonardo da vinci i was like oh i know that name because of the ninja turtles yeah. or like any of the, any of those painters uh which is funny but they got those names from splinter who is their master who was also a giant rat um well we can talk about it when we talk about the movies but i think in the movies he was a rat that got mutated into a giant rat Mm-hmm. And in the comics and the cartoon, I think he was a man who, when the ooze hit him, that's when he turned into a rat. I could be wrong about that. Like, I got to take my brain back to the 80s. But uh, I'm pretty sure he was a man. Either way. Yeah, I think so, you're right on that because yeah. I remember that being different. But yeah. Yeah. Um, either way, he's like a master of jujitsu and and all sorts of martial arts. And he trained the turtles growing up to follow in his footsteps and learn the martial arts and they become the protectors of new york city and protected from you know um shredders their main villain but they also have a lot of people you can go through krang and the rat king um doctor what was the doctor's name with the mousers baxter stockman baxter stockman who eventually becomes baxter the fly so they got their own villains villains gallery that you'll know uh, but they do all this while also staying undetected and they want to live in the sewers and not be too public and not be out in the public eye. Um, like I said, the original cartoon, which is what we knew it from most lasted, I think 10 seasons and many other shows have followed after there's been countless ones that I don't even know because, you know, they came in my adult life and I didn't keep up on them like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, along with that, there's been countless video games, uh, I think in our part two or part three episode, we'll dive into the video games a little more. But the original Nintendo game was like crazy popular 
for whatever reason. I feel like every kid had that game, mm-hmm. the Ninja Turtles Nintendo game. And I remember it being hard as hell. Yeah. <laughs> like it was one of the hardest games I've ever played still to this day. Yeah. If you if you tell me that you beat that game, I'll tell you you're lying. I don't think anybody, <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever beaten the original Ninja Turtles Nintendo. It was so freaking hard. Not without a game, uh, Genie. No, there's no way. And besides that, the other main ones we are, liked were the um, original Nin- Turtles arcade game. We played a lot of, I remember, and yeah. a lot going of quarters a little, went into that game. A lot of quarters, and a little further than that, we played a lot of the Turtles in Time video game for like Super Nintendo. Played a uh, lot put, of Turtles in Time. Yeah. So we put a lot of hours into that. And basically, yeah, man, it's just been a, a phenom for since 1984. Very popular. Um, you know, it's been about 37 years and it's still relevant with kids who are, you know, young and weren't alive when it first came out. So, yeah, dude, it's been a phenomenon. And then it also spawned these three movies and more yeah. movies even after that. But these three movies we're going to talk about. Yeah, they had the, they had the 90s movies. Uh, first one came out in 1990, the second one, 91, and then the third one, 93. So they pushed them out pretty quick. And uh, which was all- weird, man, because I saw the second one came out nine months after the first one. That never happens. You never get a sequel that quick. I don't know what was, what was up with that. Maybe that was just the time period. And they're like, we got to rush out a second one because, you know, we got to capitalize on the success. But that never happens anymore. Yeah, yeah I don't know how they, <laughs> how or why they did that that way, but. <clears throat> They wanted to, like I said, capitalize, and it still didn't do as well because the first one was like a phenomenon and made $135 million, um, where the second one only came in at 78. So it definitely, and then the, by the time we get to the third one, it only made 42. And at that point, mm-hmm. the franchise was dead for another you know, oh, that's five, six that's years. Sunk it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sunk it. And we'll get to that here in a minute. But uh, man, the first thing we're going to talk about Ninja Turtles, the motion picture, even just looking at this movie poster here, just, man, I can remember being a kid, seeing that poster up at the movies when you go around. I could just remember us being so hyped for this movie, man. And just, yeah. did, did you feel any of that hype? Did you feel like you were eight years old watching this movie again for the, since, I mean, first time in how long? <laughs> yeah, you know, that had a lot to do with it. It, it the, I found I find this movie still enjoyable to me to this day, and that is mostly for nostalgic reasons mm-hmm. because it does transport me back to a time when I remember being so super hyped as a little you know crazy child running around like Ninja Turtles. Oh my god, they're in a movie, and it wasn't animated, which blew our mind. Like it's actual real people; they're real turtles. And <laughs> uh i just remember being super excited about it then i saw it in theaters i remember seeing it in theaters um yeah man it blew my mind then and that's mostly why i can still appreciate it now so yeah it did transport me back a little bit but this one like still surprisingly actually holds up as a movie Mm -hmm. like there's not i mean yeah the, the the animatronic turtles can look a little goofy from time to time you have to kind of ignore their mouth to a point but i mean it still looks pretty damn good of a movie and because they went with the darker almost went more for the comic book tone as opposed to the cartoon it really still kind of makes it dark and gritty and watching Uh it as an adult you kind of are just like man i'm still down with this movie like as long as you can get past the basic concept of giant talking turtles and rats the movie's not that bad like it holds up i think compared especially compared to the next two we're going to talk about (laughs) yeah it does still hold up 
And if you can just take the fact of the animatronic nature of the puppeteering out of it, because yes, of course, it's 37 years later, things have improved, so it's going to look dated. But if you can just take yourself out of that and appreciate what it is for that time, Mm -hmm. you can appreciate it in that way. You know what I'm saying? Um, It totally does still hold up. And like you were talking about how it was more dark in nature and like New York was very dark and all the sets were kind of gritty and I liked it. Like you said, it followed the, the comic book format a little closer than the cartoons at the time. But I still remember, I think, and I counted this even while watching it now, within the first 10 or 15 minutes, Raphael says, damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember being at the theater for the first time when I was eight years old. And when he lost his sigh, when April like grabs the sigh and he can't, he, he can't get it back. And he was like, damn. And I remember being like, oh. Oh yeah. my god! Like mom or whoever I was sitting by, he swore, he swore. <laughs> yeah, a Ninja Turtle swore, and like it blew my mind that a Ninja Turtle had sworn. And then like five minutes later, they're walking through the sewers, and he's looking back and doesn't have a sign. He says, "Damn again!" And I was like, "There's cursing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. still remember that I, feeling. I, dude, now I remember. I remember that being like a talking point. Like I remember being told that that was going to happen. Like my neighbor was telling me, he was like, "Dude." Raphael, I heard Raphael is going to swear in this movie. Like <laughs> so he's going to say, "Damn!" Like I remember going into the movie thinking, "Oh my God, he's going to swear," and that was such just like a thing, man. That like, made us feel so cool. Yeah, that's not allowed. They're not supposed to be doing that. What am I? Am I allowed to see this? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was good. But then, like I said, we jump into Shredder as the villain, and like I said, everything is just done straight like not there's mm-hmm. really no goofiness there's no i mean you yeah know, the little bit of just you know little jokiness but for the most part it's everything's played pretty straight and you know the the story that they're telling even talking about the uh uh the love you know the love affair of the two ninja masters and how they both love mm-hmm. the same woman and i mean there was a there was a heavy story that ran through this one yeah out of the three this one is the one that adults could probably enjoy the most like i imagine back in the 80s adults you know mothers and fathers taking their children to see this and being like entertained also Uh even though it's based on a property that is for their children but like this movie i can follow it it's got a cohesive story and and it's not too goofy and it doesn't seem like it was written by children it seems like it was actually written by people like adult men with writing jobs um yeah dude it's it, it totally does still hold up to me and I meant to ask you before, so we could verify it. Was yes. that Sam Rockwell? Yes, as, it was. That was Sam Rockwell as the main yes. thug guy who just kept going, you want some cigarettes? <laughs> he, was, he was wearing a bunch of chains around his neck. Yeah. My wife was just calling him like the chain guy. I was like, <laughs> at first I thought that it was Edward Norton. I was like, that looks like Edward Norton. But then I was like, nope, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, that Rockwell. was totally Sam Rockwell. Okay. Uh, he was one of the Foot Clan. Yeah. He was the only one that was like a face. He wasn't like in the foot clan, but he was part of like the teenage gang that was stealing stuff and working for the foot. But yeah, he had all those chains on and that, that white V neck and he had a little scruff and he was just like, what you want? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Going back there for Sam Rockwell fans. If you want to see an early performance, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 1990, he's in it. Now, now how cool was it that Casey Jones was in this movie too? yeah 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 like uh 
and Elias Koteas, I think his name is. Mm. That dude's awesome. And every time I see him, that's what I picture is Casey Jones. And I remember there was some other movie, and I can't even tell you what it is. So I don't even know how to do a spoiler thing. But I know at one other time there was like some movie, and they it was like who's the killer? There's some mystery. Maybe it might have even been a TV show, Law and Order or something. But they mm. kind of had that guy cast, and I was like, well, he's it because it's Casey Jones. He's a real Let's actor. Right. It, it's gotta be if he's in this then because everyone else was unknown so i was like well it's gonna be him and it, yeah it was because yeah that's casey jones <laughs> yeah it was fun to have him in because especially we knew him as kids like as the ally to the turtles so it was yeah. fun to see him pop up the ma- the original hockey mask he wears and this looks really cool like close to the toys and the yep. cartoon that we knew um and like his first scene in this is a fight between him and Raphael which is yeah. like still a scene that I remember as an iconic scene, like Raphael and Casey Jones fighting each other. This is crazy. Yeah. And you got Raphael walking around in that trench coat and that hat trying to like stay undercover. I'm going like, to the if, movies. <laughs> if people look at you, they're going to know you're a giant monster of some kind. You're not just a man. <laughs> uh how how that's a acceptable disguise and he went to the movies yeah. during the daytime yeah. like someone just needs to look at your face and know you're, <laughs> you're some kind of space alien creature yeah. uh and that's that's funny too that he he has that voice that like new york city stereotype like cab driver voice yeah. and every other turtle and especially in this one was just like you know california surfer dude yeah and even even leonardo and donatello have that voice in this one a little bit um but Raphael they decided to like let him kind of have his own personality I felt like in this one especially he was the only Ninja Turtle who had his own personality yes you kind of see what I'm saying with that the other two was like the other three when they're talking like you wouldn't even know the difference between the three they didn't really give them much of a I don't know personality yeah Yeah. I, I mean Donatello always stood out because it was Corey Feldman and you can hear right. that voice in that. So you're like, oh, you know. But yeah, without the color masks, you have no idea which one. You wouldn't know. Raphael had the distinct voice on top of the fact that he, like I said, had a character. He had an attitude. He, you know. Yeah, he, he's the a-hole. Show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I remember, and shows that they, they really went for a different tone with this movie. Is I remember as a kid, too, like the whole middle section after Raphael's like knocked unconscious and he's in a coma and stuff, mm-hmm. which just that sentence alone shows where this movie was trying <laughs> to go. But like, I remember as a kid being so bored because I was mm-hmm. just like, get back to the turtles. And yeah. I just was still sitting there and, and like, now I'm watching it and I'm like, that whole thing was like seven minutes of him being in a coma. <laughs> like it was nothing. Yeah. But as a kid, I remember feeling like it took forever for them. So yeah. I, I wouldn't watch this movie nearly as much as I would watch the second one, which we'll get into mm-hmm. here in a minute. But because it just was too serious. Like yeah. as a kid, I mean, I loved it, but like, rewatching and rewatching on home video after i bought the cassette tape um, mm. you just didn't watch it like it just i remember it dragging and like I said now it as did. an adult you're not just like no it moves pretty quick the only part that still did kind of drag to me is what you're talking about when they went to that when they escaped farm. new york when they went to the farm the movie kind of went to a standstill a little bit mm-hmm. um and that was the only part where like you said it didn't take long but it definitely was a standstill mm. Like they were trying to dive more into Casey Jones and April O'Neil falling in love with each other and him just doing like unsolicited massage, deep massages on her for no reason, which made me feel weird. <laughs> yeah, he was extremely, yeah. He was like, she didn't, she didn't ask you to do that. What are you doing? And like, I don't know. That was very strange. Yeah. Hey, hey, toots. Uh, 
Yeah, that is a problem with all these movies. Oh, there's some like 80s, 90s misogyny, like everyone's toots or babe or broad. Uh, yeah, that's, you know. That's just, that's just. This is what it is. That's the time. <laughs> the, ti- the time period. You can't do anything about it. But you can look at it now and kind of roll your eyes like I did a few times. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, what did you think of Shredder in this? His first appearance, the look. Um, I thought he looked great, man. I thought they, yeah. they nailed the look. The voice was good. He was intimidating. He looked like a real badass. Uh, I even liked the little henchman they gave him, which I cannot remember the hell what the hell his name was. It's like t- Tento or Tanto. I don't want to yeah. speculate because I don't want to get it wrong. But yeah, who but was I mean, also in part two. Yeah, he who was also in part two. And then I put on, after I watched part three yesterday, I put on Showdown and Little Tokyo. And he was in that too. I was like, man, okay. yeah, yeah, this yeah. dude all over the place. Yeah, I like Shredder a lot. I thought they got his costume really good, really close. The helmet and the shoulder pads and the the colors. The color changed a little bit from part one to part two. Like he was more bright uh in this one and they made him a little darker in part two but we'll that's not an issue but uh my one main thing i was thinking about with shredder is what was his and the foot clan's plan steal vcrs man but what is the per (laughs) what that's what your criminal empire is just to like petty theft there's no big there's there's no big picture to it what does he need that costume for who before he knew the ninja turtles were a thing Who's that costume for to fight? Can't you just be a man sitting at a desk and being like running this game? Like, why do you need the giant mask and the huge knives coming out of your hands? Because he was scarred. He was scarred. So he had to wear a mask. But a rat jumped on him when he was younger. So he has knife shoulder blades and knife hands. Yeah. For to run a te- a team of teenage gangs gang bangers who are stealing VCRs. Yeah. Well, okay. He had he had <laughs> makes sense. He had ninjas and like he wanted for, to be called the Shredder. And, you know, sometimes you have to have a reason for the nickname. Like I used to want to be called the Wasabi Kid, but I never had Wasabi. <laughs> so you can't call me the Wasabi Kid because uh, I have yeah. nothing to do with Wasabi. So if you're going to be called Shredder, you got to have something that shreds. You got to have something that shreds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess he does have something that shreds then. Uh, yeah. I, I, I never thought about that before. That's funny. That is yeah, very I don't, funny. I don't know. Yeah. They're, they, all they did, they were recruiting lost teenagers. And giving them like a Neverland Lost Boys mentality where they could run away from home. And then, yeah, they were stealing stuff. And like all the money you're making from stealing all this stuff is you're just sinking it back into this dope ass <laughs> Neverland ranch you have for these children. Like how much, how much did all those arcade machines cost and yeah. your skateboard ramp and your pool tables? And they had a freaking roulette table. I was like, these 12 year olds don't know roulette quit bullshitting me it's like what teenage kid is like let's play some roulette i'll put it all on black like it's not it's not happening put what on black (laughs) right what money ah i bet you have pepsi like that place looks cool though oh yeah funny it's like of course kids want to go play there it looks like chuck e cheese on crack for for, you know teenagers yeah with no supervision of course i want to go there (laughs) yeah uh but that was just funny i mean it's a kids movie what are you gonna do um a kids movie that adults can still enjoy i'd say now i'm gonna tell you one of the Mm -hmm. one of the things i miss the most about like late 80s mostly 90s movies from this time period (laughs) that i wish they would do again and every once in a while it pops up but it's very rare is i miss the rap that happens after the movie's over where they go through the entire plot of the movie again 
that is just amazing when you hear it and i was sitting there i i had i watched these movies while i was working so i had them on the tv next to me so i was kind of like watching and then i do a little bit of work and i was just kind of had them on because that's really the only way you can sit and watch these movies right now but all of a sudden i was sitting there and the end credits started and i found myself rapping and i was like wait I remember all the words I remember (laughs) and I rewound it to start the song again. And I realized I remembered way too many of those words and was just kind of like, huh, man, some stuff never leaves you. (laughs) Yeah, dude. I, I I got the same feelings, the same nostalgia feelings from that. Uh, It reminded me of other movies that are similar to that. Like the Jetsons movie had one, Mm -hmm. the Jetsons cartoon and also the Adams family movie, the Adams, the Adams family. Yeah. Yeah. MC hammer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, why'd they stop doing that? They should do that. I don't like know. At the, they, they did, at the uh, end at the end of Shang Chi, it should have been like Shang Chi, a Shang Chi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets those uh, rings, Mandarin style. Yeah. Um, I I don't know, man. I, it's just a thing. And you know what movie does it? Then it killed me when I saw it. Was that movie I was talking about, Psycho Goreman? Uh-huh. they have a rap at the end where it's about psycho Gorman and it's about the plot of the movie and literally nice. i heard the rap starting for the trailer and i said god i hope this rap is about the movie and then i started listening to him and i was like oh my god it is this is amazing because it just it's a throwback to something that i just i don't know it, to me i just love that thing and they just don't do it enough i don't think that's smart filmmaking right there if i say so myself i really <laughs> really enjoy that but Another thing that I enjoyed hell of a lot like a kid, which was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. As Don said, this this, uh, this came out nine months after the first movie, and it was drastically different in tone. Mm -hmm. Um, This one, they definitely went more kid, less action friendly. Yes. Um, Supposedly, even because Jim Henson did all these animatronics for these first two movies, and he even said... He did them all for the first movie and then saw it and said, this movie is way too violent. Mm-hmm. And I think there were a lot of parent groups and other things that were like, this is a dark, violent movie for these kids. And I supposedly even they had to do changes in the edit. Like there was that one scene where like Tatsu in the first movie beats up the Foot Clan people when he's all mad. And then he yeah. beats that one guy up. Supposedly that dude was supposed to die. Like he's supposed to kill that dude in the locker room. And they say, if you look, he's not breathing, but they added in breathing and they added in after the fact, someone saying, they'll be okay. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. Atsu killed that guy, but they were like, that's too dark for this movie. And they were worried about the director making stuff too dark. So they definitely decided to go a completely different direction with Ninja Turtles 2, the secret of the ooze. How'd this one play for you, man? Uh, it, It hit also those nostalgic I love this one as a kid. I love this one. No, I did. I did too. I honestly, if I'm being honest, I've probably seen this one many more times than the first one. Um, because I, I do know I owned it and I, so I watched it a bunch more times. Um, but it's still enjoyable. Like you said, it is much more lighthearted. It is very lightened up. Things are more clearly seen. It's not all in a dark nor gritty setting. Everything is more colorful. You could tell they had a conscious effort to do that. And I've read somewhere that, I mean, you can also tell by watching it, but they barely use their weapons in this. There's barely any weapon use. I think Leonardo uses his swords once and Raphael uses his size once because they're like killing weapons. So you technically you're like, should be killing people with those, even though they never do, but like they're swords. Yeah. 
I mean, if they want to, Michelangelo wants to use the nunchucks and Donatello wants to use the bow staff, that's fine. They're just like pieces of wood, but these are like blades, knives you're yeah. stabbing people with. So they bear, like none of the turtles use their weapons in this. And I even re- remember a scene in the beginning of the movie, that first scene where we got uh, the new character, Kino, played by mm-hmm. Ernie Banks Jr., where he's like the pizza delivery guy and he he walks in on a robbery in progress. After the he turtle- calls some girls fat. <laughs> Right. More, (laughs) more, more misogyny of like calling people fat and talking shit to women. Yeah. But anyway, uh, (laughs) but, uh, so the turtles jump in and you get that title card and you're all excited and they have the fight. There's much more jokes than the first one. They're like joking. Um, but I still remember a scene of Leonardo fighting one of these thieves and he has the katana blades on his back and he's got like these sticks in his hand it's like yep. man they really made an effort for he's not using those swords at all they're just like sitting on his back and where do you get these sticks from i don't know like these ninja sticks but uh yeah i could totally tell like you said they made a really a poignant effort to not have it be as violent as the first one and they really i don't know man donatello kills me in this one what was up with that laugh <laughs> it was non-stop in that opening scene he was just doodling all over the place you're right especially that scene where he was like doing the clown thing yeah where he was like going back and forth as a clown was like "Uh uh (laughs) (laughs) like what is going on with this laugh i honestly will say though i like the voice of donatello in this one better yeah i i didn't like Corey feldman sorry to say for all you Corey feldman heads out there but just like all I heard was all I could picture when Donatello would talk is like Corey Feldman, like, dude, uh, eh. and like, I don't know. This one just played better to me. I don't know if it was like closer to how I imagined Donatello really talking. Yeah. Um, another thing I did prefer in this one than the first one is they seem like they changed the character looks a little bit to make them all look a little different from each other. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you noticed that like each turtle kind of had a different shape to their head so you could kind of differentiate between who you're looking at the first one they were all kind of just there with their masks you can tell who they are because they have a different color mask and they all look the same and we haven't talked about part three yet but that gets even worse with that one it's terrible they're all the exact same model and they just put different masks on them but in this one you'd have to look again to know exactly what I'm talking about, but they all kind of look a little different from each other. I thought that was a good improvement, even though it was only nine months later, but it was an improvement. I thought. Yeah. No, it, I mean, this movie still plays well. It's still entertaining. Like I said, it's just geared a little bit more towards the kids, but this one, they decided to bring back shredder after they dumped him in a garbage truck and after casey Casey jones Jones murdered him him. (laughs) um i was like oh just said and just said oops like oops i just murdered a man and you you crushed him in a garbage can a garbage truck it's not like you accidentally like i don't know that that's just still seems even more vicious and he's like oops and i remember his kids like (laughs) yeah crush him kill him kill him (laughs) murder so it's just a weird thing but after casey jones murdered him in cold blood they uh he just came back he just busted out of some trash bags and was and was back and and tatsu was just like master shredder yeah (laughs) they never explained they never explained how he didn't die how a how a garbage truck crushing his body all the way he would survive and barely have a scratch on him except on his face 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, throw logic out the window for kids' movies. Uh, they had to bring Shredder back. Shredder is synonymous with the Ninja Turtles, so yeah, yeah, they brought him back and had a new April in this movie, which was notable. I guess she didn't want to come back. No Casey Jones either. Um, but they did introduce Kino, like I said, Professor Perry and the TGRI group or whatever you want to call them. So the the title of this movie is The Secret of the Ooze. So this movie is all kind of about, about the ooze that makes that made the turtles who they are. And uh, Shredder finds out about that. And it basically brings us to more new characters, which we get introduced to, which are um, Toka and Rezar, which, you know, you know who they are. If you've seen this movie, we all know who they are. I still remember as a kid knowing that they were going to have mutant bad guys and being very disappointed that it wasn't Rocksteady and Bebop. Why wouldn't it be? Do you remember that being upset? Yeah. Why wouldn't they? Like you're literally creating those characters. Yeah. Why wouldn't they be Rocksteady and Bebop? Like, why would you create two outside of just selling toys? Because you already had Rocksteady and Bebop toys. So now let's get Toka and Razor toys. That's the only thing I can think of is that they wanted new characters to sell more toys. That has to be it, man. Cause I, I was just like, what a missed opportunity. Like, we love token we love token we love rocksteady and bebop just from the cartoons and video games and stuff like why aren't they in this movie i was i just remember being very upset about it not to take anything away token razor were fine but they just weren't they just weren't what i wanted yeah i wanted to see rocksteady and bebop which we didn't get until 20 years later Yeah, and I've still never seen that. That's yeah. a story for another day. That's yeah, I and mean, we got we got multiple Ninja Turtle parts coming your way, guys. Sure. <laughs> what else happened in this movie? Well, one of the main things I remember is um this is something that mirrored the first movie and I couldn't understand why it kept happening. It happened in the first movie, Leonardo and Raphael get in an argument. Mm-hmm. okay because they're the ones who always seem to butt heads yeah Raphael Raphael is like I don't know if he's jealous of Leo that he's the quote-unquote leader or Leo's whatever jealous of Raph who knows why but they seem to be the two that always argue with each other yeah and Donna, Donatello and Michelangelo are always off on the side just like kind of laughing at him right but that happened in this movie they argue Raphael gets pissed and is like I'm out of here and like leaves <laughs> And then he gets his ass kicked by the foot foot clan. And like in this one, he was kidnapped. And that first one, he got his ass kicked and thrown through a plate glass window and like knocked unconscious. I was like, does this guy ever learn? <laughs> Every time he leaves his brothers, they like the foot clan sneaks up on him and takes him out. Yeah. It was, it was just like using the same story logic from the first one and the second one all over again. And I'm yeah. like, wouldn't he, wouldn't he know by now not to. Every time he goes out on his own, bad shit happens. Mm-hmm. He had Kino <laughs> with him this time, so you know. Oh boy, Kino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember for whatever reason. I remember wasn't Kino one of the neutrinos? Neutrinos. Remember the remember the 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 surfer little dudes that came from oh. Dimension X in the cartoon. Oh, maybe. I thought maybe. I thought Kino was one of those characters. I think Kino is that just was he in the movie Surf Ninjas? Yeah, he was. I think in, he was in the movie. I think he yeah. was in the movie Surf Ninjas. Ernie Banks. Yeah, after after this, after this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He did Surf Ninjas. Yeah, with Rob Schneider. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> 
he he was good. He had some good martial arts there. Oh like, yeah, you know? he's he was one of the uh, stuntmen for the first Ninja Turtle movie. He was one of the stunt turtles wearing the the suits, and then they got him out of the suit for the second one, mm-hmm. um, kind of as a as a bonus. So, and then of course you know you got to talk about the Ninja Rap. Oh boy, that was what like you, I mean that's still. What do you think of it? What do you think of Vanilla Ice's premiere cameo? <laughs> premiere cameo hey, dude it was the shit when it, i don't remember <laughs> as a kid man you just had no idea it was coming and all of a sudden vanilla ice is on stage and you're like what and this was like yeah. the height of his powers and he just did his thing man and i just, you can't you can't knock it man it was 91 it's funny it was 91 you look at it now though like if he was a uh... If he was at the height of his power back then, if he's playing Vanilla Ice, let's say that's supposed to really be Vanilla Ice, he's Vanilla Ice as himself. Why is he playing in this little uh, boarded up nightclub down by the docks? Right. Like he'd be playing. He'd be playing at Madison Square Garden, not not <laughs> yeah. not underneath the docks at this secret underground dance party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I found it funny, like when they busted in and everyone's all freaking out. They're like, oh, and like even they show Vanilla Ice. <laughs> They show Vanilla Ice back away all scared with his dancers and like the music stops. Yeah. And then Token and Razor busted and, and the turtles are fighting him. And then, you know, so the crowd starts realizing, yeah, these are the good guys. The little guys are the good guys. We got to cheer for them. And they start cheering for him. Not and run sudden, away from these monsters. No, 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 no. Just stay in there and watch. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, like the DJ is just like, yeah, press a button. This beat just starts. He's like, <laughs> and then you see Vanilla Ice just like nodding his head like uh-huh i hear it and then he just starts in on his song like turtles underground turtles fighting all the evil in the blood like how do you know these words are you making this up on the fly oh yeah that was a about- flow that was a flow he just busted that out all of a sudden he just has a rap about what he's seeing in front of his eyes he already has information about these ninja turtles which have yeah. never been seen by anybody before but yeah. he has enough information about them to write an entire rap song about them on the spot What's more amazing is the choreographed dance routine that him and his dancers figured out within moments of learning no about practice. the turtles. No, yeah, practice. no practice. They were just all in sync doing this dance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Total 90s hip hop moves. They had them down, man. Yeah. And all the words. The song lasted like 10 minutes long. Longest improvis- improvisation <laughs> song I've ever heard in my life. Yep. Uh, well, just going. Go ninja, go ninja, go. While, the, while they were fighting. The Ninja yeah. Turtles wouldn't have won that battle if it wasn't for uh, the Ninja Rap. I guess not, man. It pumped him up. You could tell. <laughs> but they used the plan from the professor to like shrink Token Razor back to regular size by tricking them into eating whatever the antidote. Yeah. Um, and then we get the whole thing. You think they've won. They're dancing. But then Shredder pops back in and they knock him out of the building using amplifier from a guitar they press really hard they turn it up all the way so he blows away but i guess shredder um takes the last of the ooze for himself and turns into super shredder do you remember how seeing super shredder made you feel for the first time like as a kid did that pump you up like yeah was it was it cool it was cool yeah, right? i remember it being cool i remember going yeah. oh my god what are they gonna yeah. do yeah I remember that too. And it, and watching this again, 
he's only in the movie for about five minutes because he basically kills himself yes. just by knocking the dock down all over. And I, my logical adult brain is like, man, why didn't you just figure out a way to fight them instead of knocking everything down? Like you would have won, like you won. Now you're huge. Yeah. You killed yourself. Yeah. Um, well, and that could have just been from the restraints of the time there. There wasn't like CGI to have a big turtle super shredder fight. Yeah. Like, like we would have wanted, but it just seems kind of like anticlimactic to have him, appear then all of a sudden he just knocks down a bunch of giant you know support beams under a dock and he's dead see and i remember as a kid being super pumped for super shredder but then immediately disappointed because he just kills himself and then i was remember thinking as a kid in the first movie he was regular shredder and he got crushed by a garbage truck and he was <laughs> and fine now he's yeah. super shredder a dock's not going to stop him why would a dock stop him exactly exactly so i was like that just never made any sense for me and then we never got any resolution on it noteworthy casting is that super shredder was played by kevin nash which is always i found interesting yeah. uh diesel people know from wwe and back in the day uh, which is funny which was funny good old kevin nash yes but secret of those it it still was fine i didn't i don't i don't regret watching it it's it's fun for what it is but it is definitely a lot more kitty yeah, it's still rewatchable to this day. I can still watch it, but it had a different feel from the first one. They're oh, both yeah. good. They're both good movies. I think not. not good's not even the right word, but they just still like hold up enough to be interesting enough for me to watch now. Um, yeah, that's it. That's where we stand on that. All right, Ninja Turtles three. There's only one way to introduce this. One, it looks like there are two different subtitles that aren't in the movie at all, but supposedly they're right here on IMDb. It says Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, The Sacred Scroll of Death, which I don't what? know how that is. And then I've I know that, that. I've never heard I, that before. I never did either, but I'm staring at it right now, so I don't know why. It's called The Sacred Scroll of Death. And then I know it's also been called Turtles in Time. Mm. But I'm going to read the synopsis for Ninja Turtles 3 to show how far off the path of where we've been going and where we're going now. Yeah, please so, do. So when their closest friend, April O'Neil, discovers an ancient scepter with magical powers, the turtles must cowabunga their way back to 17th century Japan to rescue her from the evil clutches of no- Lord Nor- Norinanga. Okay. What, were the, what was happening with this movie, Don? <laughs> like, this movie was a, it's just, it's, it's uh. a mess from get-go yeah like it just it just seems like it's a cheap knockoff nothing about it makes sense they brought back uh, elias for casey jones which was cool but he didn't do anything in this movie no sure didn't changed all the voices they changed they made the suits cheap as hell yeah and now the jim's henson's animatronics didn't do this one and you could tell yeah you totally could tell it was this is an example of a series going like too far with the sequel like making one sequel too many or not thinking it through and rushing it out um because what i think this movie came out in 93 yeah or 92 Uh, so so yeah they they gave it about another year before they you know jumped into this one and they really shouldn't have in my notes for this movie i just wrote all i could really write was terrible and barely and barely basically unwatchable uh it's just it's very bad it's messy it's a kid's movie it's you could totally tell it's this one was the most aimed at kids and the one that seemed like it was written by kids yeah (laughs) yeah the script was terrible uh they all just like nobody had anything interesting to say the plot was you know just like a dumb idea of 
of time travel that wasn't explained and man just just super messy like yeah you had to each hold the scepter at the same time in different times and then you would swap clothes with the person in time yeah to show i'm like what how convoluted is that that you have to both be standing with the scepter turning it on at the same time without communicating with each other yeah man the the references were overused like the only comedy they had in this movie were just like let's do out of touch references the you know have the turtles go swing like wayne's world or having them do the breakfast <laughs> right. club dance in the beginning like yeah what kid knows what the breakfast club is in 93 uh, no none of them you know what i mean was that for the adults that would have that but then why were they doing it it wasn't even to the song that was in breakfast club like at right. least tie it together unless it was the song it wasn't the song. yeah no it was not the song it was just something random yeah and they were doing like you're supposed to laugh at that because oh they're doing the breakfast club like I, as a 10 year old, I don't care. I've never seen the breakfast club. I remember as a 10 year old, probably sitting there and being like, even I know this movie's dumb. <laughs> like yeah. this movie's not good. Um, I mean, the, I, I give them credit for trying something different. They, they moved it to like feudal Japan just for a different story. There's no shredder. They didn't go for a, a third shredder in this. They tried to like tell a story that they hadn't told already in the first two movies because those plots were, you know, kind of similar to each other, but just the execution wasn't there and i feel kind of you know harsh or stupid knocking a movie that's clearly for children but a movie for children can still be a bad movie and that's and that's that's what this really is uh like you said jim henson's company was no longer involved in the anatomics and the turtles look so generic in this one like they look like pulled straight out of that old uh ninja turtles music rock tour that was going around the country to like malls across the the united states which i went and saw one time did you really uh, i had the cassette oh yeah tape. no, like, no i was there tour i was there no i was there i remember being there uh one of them playing the guitar and wearing their old costumes i don't i think i saw it at like rosemont horizon or someplace like that uh oh shit the whole thing's up on youtube oh my god i'm gonna watch it right after this yeah, but that's exactly what they looked like uh no detail or no differences like just stick with the costumes you had in part two those looked fine and cool like why'd you just degrade down to these it it was really hard to hard to understand why yeah it just like i said it looked bad it was it just i remember watching it when it came out thinking it's not it was fine because i i think i felt like i liked just the idea that they tried something different mm-hmm. but yeah watching it now i don't know what 11 year old chris was thinking one one character we haven't talked a lot about throughout this entire conversation was splinter which he's played he's not played by a person he's like all puppet yeah he's all puppeteer yeah uh, by puppeteers and like he barely moves around he's his look has changed a little bit he barely moves you can tell they don't want to move him around too much because he's like a puppet yeah but but man in this one he's straight up either just got his face in the window or (laughs) sitting in a or sitting in a chair not moving or doing a damn thing he did not move well i know (laughs) and they even did the whole like thing where he was he was in the window and he's like oh this well and he even loses his like wisdom voice he just sounds like he's whispering yeah. I'm whispering yeah. and then like all of a sudden he was at the window and then he just backed up from the window and the window just closed like they were a puppet show on a play like right. on a like, stage and you're just like who closed that window 
<laughs> yeah, man, that was rough. Uh, sp- good old Splinter. Uh, yeah, Splinter. I thought it was also wasted at the end of this movie when the last the last scene of this is you know Don- Michelangelo being all depressed and then I guess Splinter puts on a lampshade on his head to make Michelangelo laugh. So it's a ha 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 moment. But at the end of part one and at the end of part two, it, they both end on a Splinter joke, and he goes, "I made a funny." And then in part two, he goes, I made another funny. And then in this one, he told a joke, but they didn't have him say, I made another funny again. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Why that, wouldn't they do that? That's, that's Splinter's catchphrase. Why did you not let him tell us that he made another funny? I made another funny again <laughs> uh, with a lampshade <laughs> on my head. Oh God. Yeah. Splinter was such a waste in this movie. Yeah. I mean, they didn't do much with Splinter throughout the entire thing. Part one was cool. Those flashback those flashbacks when he was a rat were just hilarious oh yeah uh that little rat doing karate <laughs> oh my god in his cage <laughs> i mas- i mimicked all of my master's moves which made me an expert and that uh, little rat just yeah 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 <laughs> yeah that was that was some funny shit <laughs> yeah splinter splinter definitely underused I know he was a guy in a puppet or he wasn't even a guy who was just a puppet. So they couldn't do much with him. But especially in this one, it was just like, Oh God, just ended already. <laughs> <laughs> now. And supposedly he was, I remember hearing rumors, they were going to do a part four and Splinter was going to die in it. And that could have, no! I couldn't find any evidence of that today. I was trying to look to see like what was supposed to happen in Ninja Turtles four before it got canceled. But I couldn't find anything. But I remember the schoolyard rumors of like Splinter's going to die in it. It's how they're going to open it. And Brock City and Bebop are going to be in it. And I remember mm-hmm. everybody speculating and rumor milling what that movie was supposed to be. But it never happened because Sacred Scroll of Death killed the franchise. <laughs> totally did. This put the end to it until years later when we got, a, I think there's like a tmnt animated movie that's technically a sequel or something but yeah i got the list here they did do the next mutation which was like a power power rangers show that started Mm -hmm. in 97 that lasted a year 97 98 and that was it and then they did the ninja turtles cartoon the first cartoon that came out in 2003 to 2010 and then in 2007 in the middle of that run we got that tmnt movie um, which is technically labeled, and at least IMDb is Ninja Turtles four, but I never saw that one, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think I've seen that one yet either myself. But supposedly it's part it's on of HBO canon. too. I might have to look it up. Yeah, why not? We're in a groove. We're in a turtles groove right I now. I know, and you know what? Even talking about these movies again, I'm like, man, I kind of want to watch them. And then, like I said, I think I'm definitely gonna be headed for those Michael Bay ones pretty soon, just to try to see how far they came yeah i think there's a third michael bay one in pre-production and i know seth rogan is involved with also an animated reboot Hmm. whether it's a show or a movie but he's about the age that we are so he probably has a lot of uh nostalgic feelings about the turtles too so that could be something good worth watching yeah i Um, hope so like i said i love the characters um what brought up this whole conversation was because don and i are both reading the last ronin which was a new comic book came out from the original creators uh laird and eastman talking about these comics and they kind of put together a new comic book series that takes place in the future and a lot of it's a dark dark comic and it's super good i've enjoyed it so far they're just taking forever getting it out <laughs> uh, yeah there's no release schedule for it so it just shows up in my box yeah, when it does yeah. so 
Um, but it's got, we were talking about these Ninja Turtles, so it made us want to start watching some of this stuff. And there's so much content to consume. So we figured we're going to slowly consume some Ninja Turtle content and try to lead up to the finale of The Last Ronin. But definitely should check out that comic book if you haven't already and you're a Ninja Turtles fan because it's a super cool comic. Yeah, there's there's been a ton, a long history of Ninja Turtles comics. That's what it started as, as a comic book. And I myself, just being at a young age, we took it in as a cartoon and video yep. games and movies. But there's a long history of Ninja Turtles comic books to, that, you know, people can go back and read. And they've kind of had a renaissance over the past few years on with IDW publishing. A lot of people love those Ninja Turtles books. I've stared at the, you know, collected volumes there for a long time and like, man, should I start, should I just start my Ninja Turtles comic book journey? Uh, But like you said, The Last Ronin is really fun. I'm enjoying that one. So um, definitely check that out ton of comics if you guys have not seen these movies they're they're just fun if you're not nostalgic for them they're still entertaining enough for you uh there's plenty to enjoy there's plenty to laugh at in a you know sarcastic way or you're laughing along with them at the same time i mean i did chuckle a few times and i'm a 38 year old man i'm still (laughs) I, i still found some of these jokes funny um and yeah it's entertaining enough to watch not the third one I'm not talking about the third one. You can totally skip that. But part one and part two, I think, are definitely worth your time if you got 90 minutes to kill. Uh, yeah, Ninja Turtles. It's a thing. Yeah, they're extremely easy to watch and definitely easy to put on and kind of just let them, you know, while you're working from home, put on the Ninja Turtles. All three of them are streaming on HBO, so it's an easy, easy watch. And I don't think you regret, like I said, third one, maybe, but... Outside of that, I think it's a good time. And I enjoyed watching them all again. And like I said, looking forward to consume some more turtle content in the near future and talking about it with you, my friend Donald, on a future episode of this show. Yeah, man, it's fun reliving some of this stuff, going back and uh, remembering some things. And this brought up a lot of memories. So I'm glad we did this one, my friend. Glad we did it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I think that's going to wrap us up for this week's episode of the raised a geek podcast make sure once again that you like subscribe and follow us on podcasts and social media services hit us up on twitter at raised a geek and shoot us an email to join the conversation at raised a geek at gmail.com but until next time i'm chris and i'm done and thanks for listening to the raised a geek podcast where geek is all we speak Oops, I said that wrong. Where we all speak geek. <laughs> uh.